Ladies and gentlemen, we're expecting some moderate turbulence. Please remain seated and enjoy the show. Hello. And welcome to... Moderate Turbulence. I'm Jeremy. I'm Adele. Why is that funny? Your turbulence was funny. Hey, I have to make it cheery and chippery because then we're talking about incidents where it's not so chippery. I suppose. I suppose. Not so chippery. I know that's not a word, but you know. It's our word now. <laughs> yeah. Um, few things to talk about before we get into this week's episode, but yep. um, Jeremy, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? That's weird. I usually ask you first, so this is nice. It's a change. Did you ask me how I was doing? Not yet. Am I supposed to? What? You didn't ask me? Oh, maybe. I don't know. How are you doing? Wow. So <laughs> if this all gets left in, we just finished our full day of work, and now we're recording this at uh, about 11.30 p.m. because we don't have to do it. Like We're not super last minute, but we felt like we're in the mood to record tonight. We're going to yeah. get it done. I had my incident ready, so why not? Um, and um, yeah, I'm doing well. <laughs> that was a long way to say you're doing well. Well, a few things I wanted to talk about. Was there anything you wanted to talk about first? Well, the day we are recording this, it's our one-year pom-pom anniversary. And pom-pom is Roxy a.k.a. our Pomeranian rescue dog, Foster Fail. Yep. We got her exactly a year ago. So June 7th, 2020 is when we picked her up from her other foster. And we fell in love with her. Mm -hmm. She was a scared little shell of a dog. Ball of fur. Didn't trust anyone or anything. Didn't even want to eat anything we had to hand feed her for the first few weeks we not had, weeks but for, well maybe a week i would say at least two weeks but because yeah. we were trying to figure out what she would like yeah that's true we tried to get her on kibble because she came with a rice and pork mixture i think it was it was a homemade mixture from her previous foster and it was uh carrots and peas um rice and I think it was pork or it may have been chicken ground. It was a ground meat of some sort, a ground white meat. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, so, and she wouldn't walk on the leash. We had to bring her outside for her, her business because she wouldn't follow us. She didn't trust us. Yep. And, you know, since we didn't know how she would react and she's small, we brought her out with like a harness mm-hmm. just to make sure that we could catch her if she decided to escape. And... Now she gobbles up her food like it's nothing. She has a slow bowl because... Because <laughs> she eats too fast. She eats too fast. She knows when, like, she wakes me up in the morning specifically by, like, jumping on me and, like, like all excitedly, like, okay, it's wake-up time, time to get me some some food here. <laughs> and it, it's, it's quite cute. But, you know, if I was up late the night before, like, editing a podcast or whatnot, sometimes I don't want to wake up super early in the morning. But she's so cute. It's hard to say no to that face. Yeah, and she walks like a champ. I mean, she went on hikes a lot last summer, but mm-hmm. she got better and better and better. She's even pretty good off-leash. She plays fetch. Yep, she loves playing fetch. So She cuddles with Maui, which is our cat. Yeah, one of the cats. Yeah. All right, now she's just staring at Adele lovingly. <laughs> it's cute. Um, yeah, she plays fetch. She loves it. It's her favorite thing, running in the park and... 
you know, when we think about it, she comes from a puppy mill where she was trapped in a cage basically for four years. Uh, and so she's never had that opportunity to run. And so watching her run is, I mean, it's one of my favorite things just to watch her run all of her fluff just going in the wind. <laughs> yeah. She's, I mean, she's a dog, even though she's a small dog, they still like to play and run and be off leash. And mm-hmm. so, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're talking about you anyways, enough about Roxy. Um, what else did you want to talk about? Well, uh, we should have talked about it last week, but, uh, but I'll talk about it this week. So it was my birthday a couple weeks ago now. And uh, part of my gift was Adele booked a test drive for me in a Tesla. So I just wanted to tell you a little bit about that experience. Um, like I, I'm a huge Tesla fanboy. I'm first to admit it. It's all good. I love, you know, a lot of the things that Elon Musk does and what he stands for. Um, and I've been a huge fan of Tesla for a long, long time. And I've been trying to tell Adele like how good these cars are. And so was this your first time in a Tesla? Yeah. And so uh, so we get in the car. We're just doing a little test drive. We get the whole tutorial on how it works because there's no, there's no key. There's no ignition. You don't turn it on, right? You just get in. You put your foot on the brake, and then you basically hit go. And uh, and so we go. We pull out slowly. We turn a corner. It's a 30 zone, so we got to go nice and slow. The 30 zone ends. I touch the accelerator. Not even very hard. Just enough for Adele to get thrown in her seat a little bit and go, Jesus. And the amount of times that you were like thrown back in your seat from the test drive was pretty impressive and warranted every time that you were reacting to it. Because, man, I've never felt a car accelerate so fast. Yeah, it's quite impressive. And I mean, I've never been in any kind of fast car, crazy expensive car, anything like that. Cars, that's not really my thing. So I would never really seek it out or I really don't know anybody who owns any special fancy cars anyway. Um, but yeah, this was completely out of anything I've ever had <laughs> experienced before. And I can best describe it as you're driving a computer. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Because like you said, there's no key, there's no ignition, it's all electric. So of course, there's no gas. And it's just everything is on this big old screen that pretty much looks like a big iPad. Yeah. You know, you you even open the glove box. By touching the screen. It's by t- touching yeah. the screen. Like there's no like handle to it and you adjust everything. And it, the cameras on the Tesla, we like watching this YouTube channel called Wham Bam Tesla Cam. So we've seen like, the the videos that are are put, are showed on that YouTube channel, but the cameras like while you're driving, you can see everything around you on the screen. Yeah. So like it's even better than your rear view mirror or like and what is it? Your called? side view mirrors. Yeah. No, like the like my car has like beeps if someone's oh blind yeah spot. blind spot detection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you can actually see everything, and it, it's amazing because we're watching the screen, and I I was driving, so I didn't quite see it at first, and then Adele pointed it out that it picks up the cars that are beside you and it shows them on the screen as like little figures. But if it's a car, it shows a car. If it's a truck, it shows a truck. If it's a pickup truck, like it shows that. If it's a minivan or an SUV, like it actually shows a picture of what's actually beside you. It was incredible. Yeah. And obviously there's different modes as well, you know, like 
in a car, you can have cruise control or things like that. And on one mode, it detects the speed limit. And if you're set in a certain setting, the car doesn't let you go past the speed limit. Yeah. It's set that way. So you can. I could press the accelerator all I wanted. It wasn't going past 50. Yeah, we're using some of the autopilot controls. Oh, and this was a Model Y, if I didn't say that before. I'm not sure if you did, but yeah. Okay. And uh, also that's, as Jeremy puts it, a slow Tesla. The one we drove, it was the uh, long range Model Y. So it was the, the cheapest of the Model Ys, if you don't count the... Anyway, it's on the website, it's the cheapest of the Model Ys. It's the quote-unquote slower of the Teslas. The only one that is technically slower would be the Model 3 uh, Standard Range Plus because that's rear-wheel drive only. So apart from that, this is the slowest one. It was still 0 to 60 in 5 seconds. And yeah, there's by, no and way you can say that car is slow. I've never felt acceleration like that, ever. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's crazy, but you... Having a fast car in North America, I never saw the advantage of it because unless you live in Germany and you have the no speed limit Autobahn, then having a car that goes really, really fast, I don't see the point because you're going to get ticket and that's not fun. Yeah. But the way that Tesla accelerates super quickly, you know, merging onto a highway or getting out of a sticky situation if you're like are almost getting rear-ended or getting out of an accident, like a potential accident moment, that could be so convenient to get out of it because it's so quick, like you're out of there. Yeah. You're, it's, you're, you know, it's... Yeah. <laughs> that's what I would like that acceleration for is just mm-hmm. to be able to to get out of these situations. Not that I find myself in these situations a lot, but if you did, you know that you could get out of them. Yep. It's like, it's a super, super safe car. Like you said it many times as we're watching these Wamp and Tesla cam is that it's impossible to roll them. Yeah, so the SUVs, SUVs are, are prone to rolling over. We've seen it a million times just on YouTube with like dash cam crashes. You can't, they, they can't roll over. The It's too heavy at the base of the car. The weight distribution is incredible and it's all very, very low center of gravity because of the weight of the battery. And they've tried. They try to roll them over. They have rollover tests in the safety ratings and they can't. You can't roll those cars over. <laughs> They're so safe. I love it. Yeah. And it's just to me, yeah, like you like certain aspects of it, but I like that it's safe and I would feel super protected in a Tesla because of all those features yeah and of course now i'm a super super great tesla fan jeremy's been talking about it a lot so i've like i've had the knowledge of it from him but um now experiencing it it and having it firsthand um and we haven't even mentioned the speakers oh yeah (laughs) my gosh it's like a nightclub in there but it was amazing anyways I want a Tesla so bad now, so... Tesla, if you're listening, Elon, we love you, and uh, sponsor us and give us free Teslas. <laughs> yeah, or if anybody out there feels generous, you know, here's our address. <laughs> Drop one off at our front door. You know, one at the back, one at the front. Cool. Thanks. Appreciate. Um... <laughs> All right, so it's an aviation podcast. Enough about cars and... Oh, wait, one one last thing. One last thing before we get into our incident. It's somebody's birthday this week. So just a preemptive happy birthday to Adele. Her birthday's on Thursday. So 
this episode will be released on Wednesday. Anyone out there listening, uh, wish Adele a happy birthday on Thursday. Thanks. <laughs> it's my 30th. It's her big 3-0. Yeah. Which thankfully here in Calgary, things are somewhat opening up. So small gatherings are possible. Patio dining is possible. And uh, if the weather holds up, we'll have a, a nice time. If the weather doesn't hold up, we're still going to have a nice time because it's my birthday. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Let's get into this. So Adele has prepared an incident for us this week, and she's she was trying to get me to guess what it was all day, but I never got it. I mean, Jeremy doesn't really try that hard, though. <laughs> all right. So this is American Airlines Flight 587. Okay. On November 12th, 2001, American Airlines Flight 587 is ready for departure. It is flying from John F. Kennedy International Airport in New York to Las Americas International Airport in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. The aircraft is a 13-year-old Airbus A300B4-65R. Okay. There are 251 passengers on board and nine crew members. The flight crew consists of Captain Edward States, 42 years old, and First Officer Sten Molin, 34 years old. A Japan Airlines flight is ahead of them, about to take off. It is Boeing 747, bound for Tokyo. It is also departing from runway 31L, just before flight 587. J, uh, Japan Airlines flight departs at 9.11 a.m. Wow, I didn't even notice that before. It's way too creepy. Mm-hmm. Well, because this was, what, two months after? Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Um. Anyways, within 30 seconds of the Japan Airlines flight taking off, the pilots of flight 587 are warned about possible wake turbulence from the 747. Oh, so, Jeremy, as um, from my training in aviation background, you want me to explain wake turbulence? Yes, uh, before I continue. Okay, so wake turbulence, basically, when uh, an aircraft takes off or any aircraft that's in motion, it creates a disturbance behind the aircraft. Um, and so wake turbulence is basically, um, that's the best way to describe it. It's usually rings of air movement that can, uh, it, for a significantly large aircraft like a 747, it can be great enough to actually move another aircraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been incidents, we ha- actually had a training incident because of one of our airline's flights. Uh, and I know some of the flight attendants that were on that and it threw people around, threw people, like you couldn't stand, you were thrown around the aircraft. <laughs> it was crazy. I experienced wake turbulence once on a flight. It was an international flight. I don't remember where we were coming back from. Pretty sure it was the Europe back to Canada route. Mm-hmm. And we experienced wake turbulence and it was obviously just completely out of nowhere. We were setting up for a first service and all the trolleys just bounced up and I physically left the ground. And yeah, it was... Do you know what aircraft caused the wake turbulence? I don't remember but we were in a big aircraft ourselves and it still bounced you yeah so, and apparently all the trolleys at the front of the aircraft so in the front galley like 
they lost a lot of meals and stuff. It was oh, all wow. like thrown thrown over and everything because you don't expect it. Obviously, yeah. you have to be careful and expect anything. But when you're setting up for um, service, you have certain things out and you're getting ready to go out in the aisle with the trolley. So, yeah. yeah. Crazy. Anyways, okay. So, wake turbulence, it can affect you right on the ground after takeoff. Like, like in this incident, it sounds like. Well, mm-hmm. uh, I will continue reading. Uh, um, so at 9.13 a.m., flight 587 is cleared for takeoff and will follow the Japan Airlines path. Just before taking off, First Officer Mullen asks if Captain States is happy with that distance. He is making sure there is enough distance between the 747 and their aircraft due to the possible wake turbulence. Captain States says that once they get rolling, they'll be all right and that the other aircraft is supposed to be five miles ahead by the time they are airborne. At 9.14 a.m., Flight 587 begins the takeoff roll with First Officer Molin in control. After takeoff, the aircraft begins a climbing left turn to heading 220. They are told to contact New York Departure, where they have radar contact and climb to 13,000 feet. They are then told to continue the left turn and proceed directly to Waypoint Wavy. I have to say, I don't understand any of this, but... So Waypoint is basically, there's like a fixed point, uh, and they all have nicknames. They're all like five-letter nicknames, um, and they're usually around airports and sometimes like you'll follow different waypoints at, on your landing path or right after taking off. So, so they're going to waypoint wavy. Um, as expected, the flight encounters wake turbulence from the Japan airline 747. Captain States says a little wake turbulence, huh? First officer Mullen answers. Yeah. Mullen's reaction to the wake turbulence is to make abrupt and violent rudder movements. The plane's vertical stabilizer um, slash tail fin, the same thing, is suffering extreme amounts of stress from Mullen's actions. Captain asks the first officer if he is all right, and the first officer answers that he is fine. First officer Mullen then says 2.50 max power. Captain states tells him to hang on to it, hang on to it. First Officer asked to go to full power. And then the tail of the aircraft breaks off. First Officer Mullen is heard saying, Holy sh! What are we into? We're stuck in it. Captain States tells him to get out of it. Get out of it. This is after the tail broke off? Yes. Wow. Okay. The, the fin. Okay. The fin. American Airlines Flight 587 crashes into Bell Harbor, a neighborhood in Queens, Mm -hmm. New York City. All 260 people on board are killed and five people on the ground. The accident is the second worst airline disaster in U.S. history after American Airlines Flight 191. The crash, which happened exactly two months and one day after the 9-11 terrorist attacks, sparked many to believe this was also a terrorist attack. I remember this because I just got laid off. Yeah, The NTSB later discovered and confirmed that the main reason of the crash was caused by Mullen's actions. The lugs that were connecting the tail to the fuselage of the plane suffered from twice the amount of force they are designed to withhold. The maximum force that the A300's lugs can withstand is 454 knots, but it was found that they suffered about 905 knots of force before failing. 
that so a nautical that's a speed knots is a speed so because of the force of the of the wake turbulence it increased i guess the speed on the fin itself well because his actions because it's they're saying it's his so his movements of the rudder caused this okay because he was making it move too much anyways i will continue First Officer Mullen applied full left and full right rudder inputs seven times until this all six lugs failed at the same time. That's what they're saying. That's insane. He moved it too much. Uh, it was also discovered that the A300, uh, 600s um, rudder control is very sensitive, which may have led First Officer Mullen to apply more force than what he thought. This is supported by 10 other reported reported incidents of the A300 tail fins being stressed beyond their limits. American Airlines was criticized for training their pilots to react aggressively to wake turbulence, more aggressively than what is necessary. The training was to exaggerate the effects of wake turbulence on large aircrafts, teaching pilots to use hazardous rudder inputs. Following this incident, American Airlines modified its pilot training program to prevent this sort of thing happening again. And there's a memorial of this uh, to commemorate all the victims of the crash it is on beach one sixteenth street. And it was put up on November 12th, 2006. Wow. That's crazy. So yeah, wake turbulence is fairly common and it's like, you know, when to sort of expect it based on the air conditions, the wind conditions and the placement of the aircraft that's causing it and the aircraft that might go through it. Um, Like the one that we studied back in training, it was an Airbus 319 that got into the wake of a a 747 and the 747 had turned. And so the 319 didn't know that it was going to enter the wake. And then it got, it got into the wake really, really badly and it shook it around quite a bit. So you, you usually know when to, when to anticipate it. Um, or sometimes it could be just clearer. You don't know. You don't know what's coming. So like in your case, when uh, when you, the trolley's all hopped and you left the ground for a second, that was probably unexpected wake turbulence that you hit, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, for any turbulence, we usually can get an, a little bit of a warning from yeah. from the pilots. And then, you know, we know not to start setting up for service or mm-hmm. don't go out in the aisles just yet and, you know, yeah. hold off a little bit. But yeah, this one was... We were all just setting up yeah. everywhere, you know, and for a big service, big aircraft, lots of trolleys, yeah, lots of people. Was it was it a triple seven three hundred? Most likely, yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's crazy times. Cool, that's an, a neat incident. Uh, anybody out there? Have you ever experienced wake turbulence, or do you want to know more about it? Because we're here for you. <laughs> <laughs> but you had heard of this air. Uh, disaster before yeah. well i remember it because like you said it was two months after 9 11 and um i had just gotten laid off in early october so i was uh at the time where was i i think i had just moved to waterloo uh, i moved in with some friends out there and you know any sort of aircraft incident in the world anything that was going on like your eyes were immediately drawn to it because you're like oh, another big attack another another 9 11 is gonna happen um and so, of course, speculation oh, just took off out of New York, which is, you know, obviously the center of where most of the attacks were. And 
So there was a lot of speculation right right away. Oh my God. Yeah. Someone says they saw a flash. Someone says it was a bomb. Someone says it was an explosion. Someone says this, someone says that. And then of course we find out the truth, like after the investigation all happens, but yeah, tragic event of incorrect way of dealing with wake turbulence, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't even imagine the people living through that in that neighborhood and that just anywhere in New York, like it just happened in New York two months ago and then yeah. another thing happens. And this was in Queens, right? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Another thing that wasn't meant, I didn't mention, but it was mentioned. There are also two canine fatalities. Oh, that's sad. On well, the plane or on the ground? One was in the plane and one was on the ground. Mm. Yeah. One of the sources I used mentioned it. Was that- Found it very sad. I didn't want to include it, but. Yeah. Well, we also have lovers, to commemorate so. the animals too. Absolutely. Yeah. They were victims of the crash too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so that is for this week's episode. Yep. Yep. Anything else you want to add? Uh, no, but keep, uh, keep listening. Everybody out there, tell your friends. Um, we're still trying to grow our listener base. So, you know, share on social media. Uh, and um, yeah. If you are out there flying, make sure that you're always nice to your flight attendants. Because they might have to save your butt one day. Okay, thanks everybody. Bye. (coughs) Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. We have new episodes every Wednesday. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Moderate Turbulence on Instagram, at Mod Turbulence on Twitter, and follow us individually on Instagram at HuffyJ and at LaDelVie. Thank you.